This program is brought to you by BibleWay Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, ladies. I'd like to look at a few lovely ladies and think in terms of whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things, Philippians 4.8. The reason I say that is there are many attributes that many ladies in the Bible have that we should try to emulate. And I'd like to start with Esther. She was an orphan, a cousin to Mordecai who raised her. When Queen Vashti was removed as queen and they looked for a fair young virgin, pure Esther fit the bill. She was not only beautiful on the outside, but also on the inside, obedient, kind, and brave. When she had to approach the king, she was fearful, but she did as Mordecai said to the saving of her, of her people. These are all characteristics that any godly woman would attempt to have. Another couple that I think are very outstanding to us are Ruth and Naomi. Naomi was a mother-in-law to Ruth and Orpha. She was widowed and then lost both her sons and her daughters-in-law would have gone with her, yet she tried to get them to return to their homes. They cried and they must have loved her very much. Ruth chose to go with her, saying, Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do to me, and more also, if aught but death part you and me. We can see that in chapter 1, 16 through 17 of that book. Ruth was trusting, devoted, and loyal. Both women were strong, loving, and courageous. Naomi was unselfish, always looking to the best interest of her daughter-in-law, and Naomi was supportive of Ruth in finding a husband, knowing she was young and needed someone to look after her. She could see beyond her own personal needs to the needs of this young woman. Ruth was a hard worker, and the Lord took care of her. Because of this, we see her numbered among those in the lineage of our Lord and Savior. She was the great-grandmother of King David. Isn't that a blessing? Now, if we switch over a little bit, there's a couple of ladies we can look at that were anything but what Ruth and Naomi or Esther were. And the first, I'm sure you know who we're speaking of, would be Jezebel. We can read about her throughout First and Second Kings. She was a Phoenician princess, the daughter of Baal, king of Sidon. She married King Ahab of Israel. Strangely, her name means chaste or free from carnal connection. Ironic, huh? Jezebel established 450 prophets of Baal and 400 of Astarte, or of the groves. She slew the prophets of God and swore to slay Elijah after the miracle at Mount Carmel. She taunted her husband over Naboth's vineyard, saying, Dost thou govern Israel? I'll get the vineyard for you. She was swift to shed blood and outlived Ahab by 14 years. Second Kings 9, 18 through 33 tells us of the prophecy of her graphic death. She was thrown out the window by her own servants and trampled asunder by horses. Only her skull, feet, and palms of her hands were left to be buried. That's quite a legacy. Athaliah was the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel. Athaliah was married to Jehoram, king of Israel, and introduced the worship of Baal to Judah. She was full of lust to dominate Judah and her husband. She was queen mother like her mother. When Jehu slew her son, Ahaziah, she destroyed all the royal seed of the house of Judah with the exception of Jonah, Ahaziah's son. Second Chronicles 22.10 
says, who was hid by his aunt Jehosheba for six years. He was restored to the throne, and his grandma, Athaliah, came into the temple shouting treason. She was rushed out of the temple and slain. Her usurping of the throne lasted seven years. She lived as her mother lived, and she died as her mother died. How sad and embarrassed her family must have been to have that kind of legacy. But let's go back to some of the more important women, the ones that we would want to emulate. I don't think we could go any further if we didn't say, Mary the mother of Jesus. She was a woman of complete submission. Luke one twenty eight tells us, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary was pure and virginal, completely accepting of God's will. Luke one thirty eight, she says, Let it be according to your word. She pondered Jesus' future. She worried when he was lost. She believed in her son. She endured the crucifixion. Even as we see her at the feet through the whole ordeal, I don't know how she could even do that. And we see her in Acts 1, 12-36, where we find her assembled with the disciples, the women, and his brethren. 120 people, as the replacement for Judas, was chosen by the casting of lots. She never once faltered. She was a strong woman of God. Who knew where her strength could be found? And encouraging us still today. Faithful through the worst of times, we have no indication she was ever even angry with God for any reason. Isn't that just amazing? I want to be like that. And then we have Tabitha in Acts 9.36. She's also called Dorcas. She was loved by all, unselfish in giving. Many cried when she died. They laid out the clothing she'd sewed for the poor widows. She used her talents and means to serve God. She's the epitome of the songs, bright in the corner where you are, and little as much when God is in it. Selena Campbell, another virtuous woman who waited upon the brethren, wife of Alexander Campbell, back in the 1800s, sewed for students and made quilts just like her. She opened her home to strangers and raised the children of others. That's another noble thing. And finally, Lois Timothy's grandma and Eunice Timothy's mom. Just looking at them, what great teachers. They taught him the scriptures from his youth up. 2 Timothy 3.15 Timothy's dad was a Greek, Acts 16.1 And these women were strong and faithful to go ahead and teach their son, grandson. God needs strong women who will serve him, both old and young alike. These two worked together, sharing in the spiritual rearing of young Timothy. Paul was certainly thankful and impressed with Timothy and his knowledge of the scriptures, and we can readily see this in 2 Timothy 1.5, where he states, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. These two ladies together, by their faith, imparted those teachings, instilling in Timothy the faith that he would be able to use to the furtherance of the gospel. Can we see that much can be accomplished working side by side with family and or sisters in Christ for the betterment of others, for the salvation of souls, beginning with our own family? You may be the only Christian influence for your children. You may possibly be the one who will win your husband by your chaste conversation coupled with fear, First Peter 3.2. 
Our children and family will always remember our godly ways. They will remember those things that we do which are not godly as well. It's a powerful influence that we have, and we need to remember that, ladies. It begins in the home and spreads outward toward others. We will never regret being a Christian. We will, however, regret any evil things we might do. Having these thoughts uppermost in our hearts and minds will help us along our journey toward heaven and also help us as we endeavor to guide others down that pathway toward redemption. Every wise and faithful woman of God will do her best to put on these attributes and hold them close to her heart. I thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.